I am somebody because God made me somebody, so I'm going to live like somebody. I am somebody because God made me somebody, so I'm going to live like somebody. Those words are the affirmation of this whole series. I am somebody. Do you believe you're somebody? No matter what anyone else has told you, you are not an accident. Whether your parents planned you or not, God planned for you. He has a plan for your life. And no matter what others may have spoken into your life, and no matter what that negative joy-sucking narrative might be telling you in your mind, you are somebody. In God's eyes, you are somebody, and you matter. I am somebody because God made me somebody. You see, God made you unique. He made you with unique uh, personality, unique gifts and abilities and passions, and he placed you on this earth to make it a better place. And he placed you in this unique time and space where you live and work and play so that you can represent him on the earth. You can make a difference. I am somebody because God made me somebody, so I'm going to live like somebody. You exist for a reason. God placed you here to make a contribution. He didn't place you here just to consume stuff. He didn't place you here to be a taker. He placed you on this earth to be a giver, to add to life. And you may not be able to change the world, but you can change the world for somebody. And you do that by living your purpose. When you live your purpose, it provides meaning in your life. When you live your purpose, you get a, a passion for your own life. And because of that, you can feel joy no matter what. And so in this series, I'm talking, we've been talking to you about living your purpose. And today we're going to look at a, a mindset, an attitude of mind that will help you live your purpose. And it relates to finding peace in your finances. Now, at the end of 2018, City Church did a survey of everybody who attends here asking you what you wanted us to address in 2019. And after a couple of relational categories, you know, like marriage and family and parenting and whatnot, the number one issue that you told us you wanted to address was finding financial peace. And it tells me that there's a lot of us who don't feel financial peace. We feel uh, more of a financial mess. And I do believe we can help you find financial peace. Because how many of you know if you don't have financial peace, all this living with purpose stuff just all goes away because you get too distracted? And it's understandable, right? So I've, I've been in seasons of my life where I was in a financial mess. Uh, Barbara and I have been married for a while. And to be honest, we had racked up a lot of credit card debt with not much to show for it. And to be honest, as, as a leader of a movement, I was very disappointed in myself. And I asked myself the question, why did you do this? Why did you get into such a financial mess? I mean, why did I keep spending more money when I didn't have more money? Why did I keep racking up more credit card debt instead of stashing more savings? And you know the answer I got? The myth of more. There's something in the American psyche 
that whispers to us, if you want to be happy, you need more. Oh, you've heard that voice. (laughs) The myth of more tells us if, if we just had more, we would be happier. And so what do we do? You know what I need? I need a bigger house. So we go get a bigger house. Or, you know what? I need a faster car or a, a more manly truck. And so we go get more. Or I need more stylish clothes or more stylish shoes. Or I need the latest laptop or the latest cell phone. Or I need the latest 4K TV. Because if I just had that, then I would be happy. And then you go get all of the stuff. You get more stuff. And yet you're still not happy. And and then you tell yourself, you know why I'm not happy? I still need more. Oh, you, you know where this goes. The myth of more is a vicious cycle. The myth of more is the enemy of living with purpose, because the myth of more will lead you to spend all of your energy, all of your resources, all of your time getting more stuff instead of getting more purpose. And the myth of more will steal your joy, and it will often leave you in a financial mess. So I want to ask you a question. Are you happy with your finances? Do you feel a sense of financial peace? Well, today, I'm going to teach you the secret to overcoming the myth of more. Today, I promise you, if you want, you can leave this service happy with what you have and what you make. It's a big promise, isn't it? Well, this is Texas. We we have big everything. This is a big promise. All right, so we've been studying through this series, uh, uh, studying a first century letter called Philippians. Uh, It's included in the Christian scriptures. And it was written by a man called the Apostle Paul. And Paul, at the time that he wrote this letter, was in prison, literally in chains because of his faith in Jesus. And yet, he told these Philippian believers, man, I'm filled with joy. I rejoice, I rejoice, I'm filled with joy. How can you be full of joy when you're in prison for your faith? He felt joy because he was still living his purpose. When you live your purpose, you can feel joy no matter what. And then in in the later part of this letter, Paul thanked the Philippian believers for a generous financial gift they sent to him to help him in his part of leading Jesus' movement. And in his thanks to them, he unpacks the secret to overcoming the myth of more. You ready? This is Philippians 4, verse 10. Paul writes, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. So instead of pursuing the myth of more, Paul pursued contentment. And so I thought, okay, what what does that mean? What what does it mean to be content? And so many of you know that the uh, Christian scriptures were written in the Greek language, and so I looked up that word in Greek, and literally that word content means an internal sufficiency independent of external circumstances. Let me say it again. An internal sufficiency independent of external circumstances. In other words, contentment comes from within. And, and let me tell you why that's so significant, because most, most of us think that contentment is all about this right here. 
And I'm not talking about my rear end, I'm talking about my wallet. <laughs> this is church, folk. Most of us think I could just be content if I had more. If I had more money in my bank, come on. If I just had more, then I would be content. Paul says, no, it's not about this. It's about this right here. Contentment is a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of believing that influences everything else. And what's interesting here is Paul says he learned to be content, which tells me, one, he wasn't content before, so he had to learn it. And it tells me that contentment can be learned. And it also tells me that uh, being content is not normal for us. It's not the, our natural state of mind. It's not the way we're wired. And so can we all just give each other a break? If you've ever not felt content, it's okay. Most of us have felt that way too. It's okay. But you don't have to stay there. You can learn to be content. And I think that uh, as Americans in particular, American believers, I think we have a lot to learn about contentment from other believers, especially in in nations where they don't have a lot. Now, uh, one, one, of my, uh, one of the fortunes of being a pastor is I've been invited to go and speak at different churches and in conferences around the world. So I've gotten to visit a lot of countries, some of them wealthier countries, and some of them the poorest countries on earth. And you know what I found in my travels is that the happiest people, the most joyful people, are not those living in the wealthiest nations. Some of the happiest people I've ever met were living in poorer nations. So let me give you an example. Uh, I, I find that the Dominican Republic people who I met years ago were some of the happiest people I'd ever met. And it's really amazing to me. I, so I went on a, a, a trip with my church uh, group to build a small church for a congregation there in Dominican Republic. We raised the money and built it. Uh, it was a congregation of about 75 people. And anyway, uh, during the, the week or more that we were there, I noticed that the Dominican people were just so full of joy, even though, no offense to my friends in the Dominican Republic, where most of them lived in America, we would call them slums. We wouldn't be happy there. And yet they were happy. And by that, I mean, they had smiles on their faces. And it's like they didn't walk through life, they danced through life. And I think I learned something from them about contentment. And it's this. They believed they had enough. And they believed enough is enough. And because they were content, they felt joy no matter what. Folks, I think we have to get that mindset. The mindset of contentment. And so I'd like to quote uh, from a great theologian. I like the way this great theologian, Mick Jagger, put it. <laughs> he said, you can't always get what you want, but if you look real hard, you just might find you get what you need. Hey, that'll preach. <laughs> Can I get an amen to Mick Jagger? <laughs> All right, listen to Paul's words again. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. So contentment is not about how much you make or how much you have. Contentment is not about your wealth. Contentment is a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of believing that allows you to be at peace in any and every circumstance. So are you content? Are you content with what you have and how much you make? 
I hope you are. Because I, I think if we're going to live with purpose, we do have to address the myth of more. Because in my 30 plus years as a pastor, I've seen the myth of more and the pursuit of more mess up so many lives. It brings a lot of anxiety into people's lives. The myth of more uh, wrecks a lot of relationships and ruins lives. I've seen it ruin people's lives. Let me give you an example. When I was a pastor in Virginia, a man asked to see me in our community. I hadn't really seen him much. And he asked to speak with me, and I was fine with that. And anyway, his name is Rich. And he told me that he needed to tell me his story. So Rich told me that uh, he had spent numerous years building a home construction business in northern Virginia. And he said that along the way, he made lots of money. He said, I had a million-dollar house in northern Virginia, a million-dollar house on the lake in our community, and, and my business was worth $2 million. And he said, but, I, but he, he said, I had this inner drive. I wanted to be worth $10 million. He wanted more. And he told me in pursuit of being worth $10 million, he lost everything. He lost his business. He lost both homes. And because he'd been so focused on the myth of more, he lost his wife and kids. And there he sat in my office weeping, this man's man, construction guy, weeping. And he begged me. He urged me to tell other people his story so they wouldn't make the decisions he made and feel the pain he felt. We have to get this mindset of contentment if we're going to live our purpose. And the Apostle Paul said that he learned to be content. And he learned to be content because he said he learned the secret to contentment. It is a secret. Do you want to know the secret? Well, I'm going to tell you whether you want to know or not. All right. It's Philippians 4, verses 12 through 13, where Paul wrote, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Here's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Can you say that with me, the secret to contentment? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul learned that he could handle any financial situation, whether good or bad, didn't matter. Because I know he is with me. And when he is with me, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You see, contentment is not about what you have. It's about a mindset. It's about a way of thinking and believing. When you believe that there really is a living God, there's a God who loves me, there's a God who is powerful, and a God who, who looks to bless people. It changes your perspective. And you can be content with a lot or a little. Because when you know he's with you, you can do all things. You can do all things through him who gives you strength. And when you believe God is with you, you'll be able to handle any financial situation and be content in it. And that will free you up to live your purpose. And when you, feel, when, when you reach that place where you feel content and you're living your purpose, then in the area, and of course we're talking about your finances, you'll be able to be the generous person you've always wanted to be. I know that's what's in your heart. You've always wanted to be generous, but when you're in a financial mess, it feels hard to be generous. And when you get that place of contentment and you learn the secret of contentment, you'll overcome the myth of more. I told you I would, I would tell you how to overcome the myth of more. 
and then you'll be able to be the generous person you've always wanted to be. Paul continues, this is Philippians 4.14. It was good for you to share with me in my troubles. No one else shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you. Not that I seek the gift itself. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So the Philippian believers, they sent a financial gift to Paul. And Paul told them there there are two benefits when you get involved in the practice of giving and receiving. First of all, he said, God will credit your account. God pays attention to that. That means giving is one of the good deeds that God notices, and he, and he rewards that. Sometimes financially, sometimes not, sometimes in this life, sometimes in the next, but he does reward it. Second benefit is when you give generously, God will supply all your needs out of his riches in Christ Jesus. That means God will take care of us financially. Giving is about getting your life and your finances in the flow of God's supply and God's riches. So I'm going to show you where we get into anxiety and a financial mess. When we're depending upon ourselves and our supply and our riches, then we're depending on us. And that's what causes us to feel anxious. But when you trust God, when you trust him with your life and with your finances, then you tap into his supply and his riches. And that's what makes the difference. Do you want to trust in your supply and your riches? Or do you want to trust in his supply and his riches? Now, I do want to pause for a second. Yeah, this, I, I need to pause for a second because as I was preparing this message and going, I was going through it yesterday, I felt like I needed to say something else to you. So this one's for free. Uh, because some of you, I want to make uh, something clear about this teaching because there's a false teaching out there that I want to distinguish what Paul is saying from. It's called the prosperity gospel. Now, if you didn't grow up in the church, the church is new to you, you may not know what I'm talking about, and and that's okay. I'm going to explain it briefly. But some of you know what I'm talking about. You've heard someone on TV preach it or whatever. It's called the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel says if you give generously, you'll be rich. If you give generously, you'll always have plenty. You'll never be in want. And that's not true. It's not true. Jesus didn't teach it. Jesus didn't live it. He died with the clothes on his back. Paul didn't teach it, and Paul didn't live it. He said he had plenty of times, and he was in want at times. What Paul is teaching is this. See, the prosperity gospel says if you give generously, you'll be rich. You'll have plenty. What Paul's teaching is when you give generously, whether you have a lot or you have a little, you'll be content. And you'll you'll be content because you're a part of God's supply and his riches is not depending on you anymore. And that gives you inner peace. And that's what I want for you as your pastor. So let me tie this all together. So the prosperity gospel is about getting rich. The, the Paul's gospel and Jesus' gospel is about being content with enough. Because when you have enough, you have enough. So contentment is the mindset. It's the way of believing that there's a God who will take care of me when I'm in situations where I have plenty, where I'm in situations where I don't have a lot. And I want to be in on the, the process of giving and receiving because that's, that's where I tap into God's supply in his riches. And what's the secret to being content? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 
I am somebody because God made me somebody. So I'm going to live like somebody. And if I'm going to live like somebody, I do have to come to a place of contentment in the area of my finances. And so this is what I'm asking you to do, uh, two, two action steps. First of all, get financial peace. If you don't have financial peace now, get financial peace. And I found that, that financial peace takes a plan. So when I went back and looked at how uh, I got my family in such a financial mess, you know what I noticed? We didn't have a plan. Uh, wh- whatever money came in, I spent it. Whatever money came in went out, but whenever we had like house emergencies or car emergencies or health emergencies, I didn't have money, and so I would just put it all on credit cards. And then I, I would have times where I don't know if you ever do this, where I would feel bad about myself and bad like my family, poor, poor pastor's family, we need to go on vacation. We would just go on vacation. We didn't have the money, so I just put it all on credit cards. And I, I just thought, well, I'll figure it out later. Well, guess what? I didn't figure it out later. That's a terrible plan. And so I needed, I needed help. I needed a plan. And so uh, it was actually here at City Church, uh, Barbara and I went through the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University program. And that program gave us a plan and it helped us get out of debt and save money and, and you know, all of that. But above all, what it did was it, it gave us a sense of peace in the area of our finances and it allowed us to be the generous people we had always wanted to be. And so I want to say to you, if, if your finances are a mess and you feel the anxiety from that, then your plan is not working. Get a different plan. And Sherry talked earlier about getting into a circle this fall. We're we're committed to getting everyone connected to someone. And one of the circles that we're going to offer is Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University Circle. And it can be as big as it needs to be. Uh, One person's excited about it. (laughs) And so I encourage you, hey, for some of you, you know that's the most important circle to get into this fall, get, your fi- get on a plan and get the financial peace that you really want to have so you can be focused on living your purpose. And so you, you, know, you can sign up out at the Connection Pavilion or go online and sign up. And I promise you this plan will help you. It will help you find peace in your finances, in your family. Second thing I'm asking you to do is to give generously. And I'm asking you to give generously to the cause that matters most. Let me tell you why I say that. Because there's a lot of great causes out there. And I do believe that. I believe there's a lot of great causes out there. And Barbara and I give to a lot of causes, not just the church. And see, that's a part of the benefit of getting on a plan. You really can be generous and give to those causes that really mean something to you. It's awesome. But I also ask you to give to the cause that matters most. Because if Jesus really is the Son of God, then the movement he started is the greatest movement ever. And without reservation, I ask you to give to Jesus' movement here at City Church. Now, if, if City Church in the right fit for you, got it. That's okay. It really is. Then if you're a believer in Jesus, then find a church somewhere that does fit you and give generously there. This movement is that important. And if you call City Church your church, we're your church, I ask you to give generously here because when you give here, lives change here. We are seeing literally hundreds of people believe in Jesus, be forgiven of their sins, and experience the blessing of becoming God's children. When you give here, lives change here. We are seeing people uh, who are learning how to get rid of bitterness and resentment in their lives as they learn to forgive others the way God forgives them. We are seeing 
marriages made whole. We are seeing families made whole. We are seeing the oppressed get a, a relief. We are seeing the depressed find hope. We are seeing the addicted get freedom. We are seeing the poor served, the hungry fed, the homeless sheltered, and we are seeing some sick people get healed. When you give here, lives change here. And I want to end with a story that shows why it's so important for us to live with purpose and give with purpose. So I met uh, this man whose story I'm going to tell here. Uh, his name's Mike. I met Mike because he was going through the Dave Ramsey FPU program too. So he was in my circle. And uh, so he knows all of my, my financial baggage. And uh, we, we sort of stayed in touch and been friends since. Anyway, Mike gave me permission to tell his story. These are his words, not mine. I grew up in a dysfunctional Catholic family. Whatever troubles we had in private, in public, we put on the perfect family act. I learned to act like everything was perfect and I was successful even when the opposite was true. My life was falling apart. I suffered serious lower back injuries while serving in Air Force Special Ops. The treatments and pain meds impacted my ability to earn a living. I had been living on credit cards, was deeply in debt, and even became homeless for a couple of weeks before coming to City Church. By the time I went through the FPU program with you, get this, I was living on $350 per month. It covered the minimum payment on my credit cards that I used to pay rent, buy food, and gas. While attending City Church, I believed in Jesus as my Savior, and I turned all of my issues over to God. I even reluctantly began giving $35 a month to City Church. And that's faith. While all this mess was going on with me, I was also dealing with family problems. My first marriage had fallen apart <coughs> years earlier. My oldest daughter moved, uh, married and moved to California. She suffered lower back issues as well and ended up severely addicted to prescription pain meds. Her life fell apart, and I had to bring her and her husband back to San Antonio. She struggled with addiction and all that goes with it. All I could do was bring them to City Church and ask God for help. Within months of giving and taking advantage of the program City Church offers, things began to change. The VA awarded me permanent disability and gave me years of back pay. I was able to pay off all of my credit cards, accomplish the first few steps in the FPU program. In short, I experienced financial peace. On top of that, with God's help in the City Church programs, my daughter embraced Jesus and kicked her addiction. She is now a professional in the medical field here in San Antonio. I believe God kept his promise to bless me, and I continue to be blessed to this day. Now, I'm not, I want to make sure everybody understands. I'm not saying if you give generously here that the United States government is just going to start sending you money. <laughs> but when you trust God with your riches, you tap into his. And he can do things you can't do. I am somebody because God made me somebody. And when I live like somebody and give like somebody, 
I helped somebody. I changed the world for somebody. And folks, that's what makes this world a better place. And that's what it means for you to live your purpose. Let's pray together. Lord God, I pray for those who are feeling anxiety in the area of their finances today. And Lord, we just acknowledge that there are times that we feel that we don't feel content, we feel anxious. My prayer is that you would give us a sense of vision about what it means to to pursue contentment, to learn contentment. My prayer is that we really can believe that with you, all things are possible. That, that, um, That with you, we can endure anything from the God who gives us strength. And so my prayer, God, is that today we would give you our finances, we would trust you with them, and that you would give us your peace, and you would give us a sense of contentment in that area of our lives. And I ask you to bless uh, people, Lord, who take different steps of faith in their journey, and I pray that they would experience you in tangible ways. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.